Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to walk in your royal identity in Christ and experience God's goodness in every area of your life. I hope you enjoy this message today. And if you're looking for more resources, check out chrisvalentin.com. Okay, well, we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, we, <laughs> we thank you for what you're doing all over the world. And we thank you for what you're doing in our school. And Lord, we thank you for this platform where we can stay connected and and still learn and, and actually um, make great ground while we're um, in, this, uh, in this situation. And I, I bless every student. And I pray for those students, those who even went home or are watching us now uh, in their, on their online platform. Lord, we just bless them. We just bless their homes. We bless their families. Lord, we pray for those who have gone home that they would bring the kingdom with them, that they would dispel fear, that they would release faith and that we would be people of great faith and lord uh, i just i bless the minds of every single student who's listening who will come on even later in the day and i i pray god right now that you would open our hearts and our minds to what it is that you are doing Lord, we, we break the power of the enemy's attention and we pray god that you would get full attention that you would get the glory, that you would get the honor, that we would be, that you would be the central theme of this season. And we pray, God, for that Jesus virus that I prophesied that would come out of China. Lord, we break the power of this coronavirus and we lift up the Jesus virus. Lord, we lift up the Jesus virus that's to spread all over the world. Amen. You know, I don't know if you know it or not, but we, uh, we, I prophesied in 20. 15, December 2015, in class, I had all the Chinese students stand up, and uh, they did, and then I prophesied to them that there was a great outbreak of Jesus virus coming to China. And I've been praying about that, and I, I, I think that God had a Jesus virus before the coronavirus was ever released. Uh, basically, God had an answer before there was a problem. And I, I feel like, you know, the enemies get crowned himself, but the Lord is getting the crown. And I think it's really important that we, that we uh, as I said in my prayer, that we keep Jesus at the center of what we're doing. And, but I think it's wise, like Nehemiah, he surveyed the walls of Jerusalem, right? He surveyed the walls of Jerusalem, and he made a list of all the things that were wrong with the walls. And, and in the second year students know we, we've taught some of this. And he and I always say that you don't have faith if you can't look at the problem and still have hope. Like that's not faith, that's denial. So it's pretty important that we look at the problem. And uh, many of us, we, we, we may say, well, I, I don't really have a problem. Like maybe I have all the money I need to take care of myself for six months or I got all the toilet paper I need for the next six months. <laughs> Hallelujah, I can wipe my rear <laughs> till, the, till Jesus comes back at the second coming. But, uh, but when we are talking about who we're responsible for and the walls like Nehemiah talked about, what I love about the book of Nehemiah is Nehemiah is a, a man who lives actually in a palace from another country. It's so, it's so like us, like we are people who actually are from another kingdom. The truth is in the kingdom that we are citizens of, let me say this, in the kingdom that we are kingdom citizens of, we don't have a virus in our kingdom. But we have to realize that 
We're also a kingdom, we're also living in the kingdom of this world. And we're wanting to see the kingdoms of this world become the kings of our God. So we're talking about a virus, I think very much like Nehemiah, we're serving another king. We're not serving the king of the city that has the virus. We're serving a king of kings. (laughs) And we've been sent like Nehemiah by the king to survey the walls. Like what is the real problem? It, it's, it's dumb to not think there's a real problem. It's like, let's pretend this isn't a real problem. I have faith and, well, that's great that you have faith. But the question is, you can't put other people at risk with your faith. I may say, I have faith. I'm never going to catch the virus. I'm going to hug everybody. I'm going to kiss them on the forehead. I'm not listening to government. That's great that you have faith for you. But you're putting other people at risk because they may not have the same faith that you have. And so we have to walk according to our faith. But the second thing I want to say is we have to survey the walls. We have to ask ourselves what's really wrong. And we obviously, we could say, well, the virus is what's really wrong. And I'd say, well, absolutely. (laughs) We have broken down walls. We have to ask ourselves, is there a question, is there a reason why there's a virus? Well, there's a bad devil and he hates everybody, and he, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. So, I, okay, I don't know we need to go any further than that. job of the devil is to kill, steal, and destroy. But I'd also say that it's important for us to realize Second Chronicles 7, 14. It's that verse that says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land. Our land has a problem. Like if I survey the walls like Nehemiah, I'm like, my land's got a problem. It's my land. Now, I think it's important that we take ownership. We say, this, is, this isn't their problem. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm from another kingdom like Nehemiah. <laughs> you guys got an issue. I'll see if I can help you with it. I think we begin to solve the issue when we say, hey, this is my issue. This is my land. This is on my watch. This is happening on my watch, and I want to see this solved on my watch, and I actually see, want to see my king solve this issue. So I think it's important that we take actually ownership of this problem. Gosh, it seems, I don't want to like, let's take ownership of the virus. It's my virus. It's like, not my virus, but it is my land that it's affecting. And we began to say, okay, so is there reasons why these walls are broken down? And of course, we have the devil. But I'd like to propose that God is actually calling us. As a matter of fact, I had, a, I had an encounter. This would be a one, two, three nights ago. I had this encounter and the Lord says, I'm hitting the reset button on humanity. Wow. <laughs> I'm hitting the reset button on humanity and I'm resetting the moral values and the value for humanity, value for humans, for life, and the value for the king, I am resetting the values of humanity. And now the question is, did God create the virus? I don't think that's really the question. The the, the answer to that for me is, he can use anything. And I believe that God, just like sometimes your computer, I don't know if your phone and computer, I'm sure this happens to you, it suddenly stops working. Like I can't, it locks up. And I'm like, I, you know, I call, used to call tech all the time. They're like, Chris, before you call us, shut it off and turn it back on. <laughs> shut it off and turn it back on. In fact, they tell me now that it's, there's a built-in debugging yeah. 
system, when you shut your computer up and you bring it back on, you know, my computer now says it's checking, it's checking everything. And I feel like the Lord's idea is to shut down, if you will, the computer, shut the computer down, shut the brain down, you know, just shut her down and bring her back up and debug some of the system. And I think there are times when I've been preaching this for what, two months probably, that we're moving from Kronos, clock and calendar, to Kairos. You know, when we say uh, the word uh, Kronos, it's the Greek word, we get our word uh, chronology from. Kairos is a word, uh, we don't have an English word for it. So in Greek, there's two words for time, one Kronos, we get our word chronology, but we don't have a word for kairos. We do have an explanation. Like we'll say, wow, we had such a good time at that party. We don't mean, wow, the watch we looked at was so beautiful. Uh, we're, we, it, it, it's actually, the Greeks would call it chronos. They would say, hey, what time is it? Hey, what chronos is it? Hey, we had such a great time at that party. Hey, we had such a great kairos at that party. It, it, it's, it, it's defining the elements uh, that happen, not the, the, not the detail of how long it took for them to happen. And I talked about the fact that there are, there are kairos moments that God creates, where God sovereignly steps in, and this is what I've been sharing for probably six weeks, where God sovereignly steps in and he takes over. And he, he if you will, I don't wanna, I, I, I was gonna say undermines free will. He overmines free will. <laughs> He says to Pharaoh, you will let my people go. Did he take away free will from Pharaoh? Not really. But he also didn't take any other answer. <laughs> you know, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then later it says, and God hardened his heart. <laughs> so when Pharaoh goes, okay, you're stuck there, but you will let my people go. Now, you can do it. We can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way, but we're going to do it. We are definitely going to do it my way. And there are times when God just steps in and he just takes over free will. And I, I think that we live in free will. Like an uh, example I gave, uh, I think last week, is that for 400 years, the Egyptians oppressed the Israelites. For 400 years, the Lord let evil happen. He let free will happen. That You can imagine if you're like in year one of 400 years, you're praying, it feels like the heavens are brass. It feels like God's not answering. You know, year 200, you're still praying. Nothing's happening. Because God prophesied to Abraham that the people of God would be in bondage for 400 years. Uh, you know that Moses tried to release them in the 360th year. But God said they'd be in bondage for 400 years. In other words, God would allow free will to happen until he didn't. And the, until he didn't, is that Kairos moment. When God goes, um, okay, uh, you're, you're gonna let him go. Now, I think it's even interesting the way that God overrides free will because he doesn't make you suddenly a robot. He doesn't go, okay, I'm gonna take you over like an evil spirit and you will be, no, God goes, Pharaoh, I need you to let my people go. And Pharaoh goes, no, 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 no. And God goes, okay, listen, you will let my people go. And even in God's overriding of free will, he doesn't take away your free will. He just makes sure it only happens his way. 
And I, and I feel like there's times like that. And when that's happening, it kind of feels like in our life, maybe you're different than me, but I, I, I like when I feel like I know what's happening. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm a visionary. So I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm obsessed with, I got to know all the details, but I just have to have an overview. Like where, where are we going? It's that thing I shared in school the other day. I shared it in both classes that God's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The lamp to our feet part is where God is. I don't know where I'm going. I just know what the next step is. And the lesson in those seasons is not about destiny. It's about partnership. It's about, do I know the one who's with me? I don't know where I'm going. So when I don't know where I'm going... As a believer, especially, I need to press in to who it is that's guiding me. In fact, when I don't know where I'm going, I'm a little bit like a horse with blinders, right? I don't know where I'm going. And, and I'm like, it's for some reason, all of us, the fear factor tends to grow when I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I press into who I'm with. <laughs> you know, when I drive with Kathy, she's a great driver. Like, I can sleep in the truck when we're driving because, and I, I don't have to like, oh, turn left next, uh, where's the next turn? Because she's a good driver. I just relax. As a matter of fact, we, you probably have had this too. She's such a good driver that we'll be talking. I'm not even paying attention. I'm not even looking out the front window. I'm not even looking at where we're going. You know why? I trust the driver. I trust the driver. I think this is one of those times when we press into who's driving like if we're trying to find peace and how long is this going to last and how bad is it going to get? And I, I think that's going to be, that's, that peace is going to go like this. And by the way, I bet we've all had that this week. Yes. At least I have. Yep. It's, and I find like I'm going up and down when I'm trying to get my peace from being predictable. The predictability of things gives me peace. It's not a very, then I wait for the next newscast and I'm like, oh my goodness, 300 more people got it today, <laughs> got the virus or one more person died, no, whatever. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm not, I'm not peaceful anymore. When I'm doing that, I am looking out the front window and it's weird when you're looking out the front window and you think the devil's driving. Uh-oh. Because I could tell you that there are some people I've driven with. I don't close my eyes, if you know what I mean. I, I'm the worst backseat driver when I don't trust who's driving and the deal is if I think the devil's driving this season I'm freaking trying to get a hold of the steering wheel all the time I'm like I'm, I'm like are you like this too you're hitting a brake like whoa we're going too fast we're not going to make that turn but if I reassure myself about who's driving I'm not saying you know don't look at the statistics this is all looking at the walls. Praying into the statistics. I look every morning, I get up, I check. Okay, look at all the countries. Lord, we just, right now, we just stop that thing that's happened in Italy. Lord, that increase in, in the United States. Of course, we want to be, we want to eyes, you know, watch and pray. Eyes wide, eyes wide open. But what I'm trusting is not the journey. I'm trusting the driver. 
And I'm reassuring myself about the driver. My daughter had a nervous breakdown, was suicidal 11 years ago. Walked the streets in the rain without her phone, just tell her children, I don't know if I'm coming back. We'd be searching for her for hours, wondering if she's already dead. And now she's amazing. She's pastoring on the coast with her husband, four churches. She has a, a mental health ministry to other people who have been mentally ill. So Powerful. My son, we know his story really well on our staff. Went through a divorce. I was going to say a really bad divorce. Every divorce is bad. Yeah. Remarried years later to a beautiful woman, Lauren. You guys would all know her. The students would know her. Beautiful woman. Kids are doing amazing. My oldest grandson, Jason's son, just wildly going after God two years ago, committed his life. My, my other grandson, I have 10 grandchildren, but my next oldest grandson, you know, on, on fire for God in the school ministry, hopefully listening today. <laughs> you better be listening today. Uh, and I could go on, but things that I laid awake at night, I mean, I literally laid on the couch for six months, my story, in depression, like worried about the outcomes. Is my daughter going to kill herself? Is my son, what's going to happen to my grandchildren? Is my son ever going to live again? Is he ever going to love again? What's going to happen? And, you know, and, I, and those things I worried about, but I had no control over them. And what I've done this time, what I've done every crisis since then, I mean, after you lay on the couch for a while, you're like, I probably should think about this differently. Because <laughs> that didn't work too well. Maybe worrying does work because everything I worried about didn't happen. <laughs> By the way, that was a joke. My, my point is probably clear. What I've done in this crisis is learn from the last one. And what I did last time is I didn't just look at the circumstances, I put my trust in them. And I said, if my daughter has a good day, I'm going to have a good day. If she's having a bad day, I'm going to have a bad day. If it looks like my Jason and his ex-wife are going to reconcile, I'm going to have a good day. But if they're not having a good day, if they're not, then I'm not having a good day. And, and, I, and I forgot who's driving. Forgot who's driving. And I want to tell you, God's driving. Well, what if the virus is from the devil? God's still driving. What if the virus is from God? God's still driving. God's still driving. And so I, I want to say, first of all, that our peace is going to come today, right now, the situation we're in. It's not going to come from how long is this virus going to last? Oh, no, it's going to last. Oh, now they say it's going to last another three weeks. So it's going to be, maybe it's two more months. You're, you're not going to have stable peace doing that. None of us are. And by the way, I've done that a couple of times already in the last three days. So I'm, I'm saying from experience, like, every time I go there, I'm like, yeah, that, that's unhelpful. Doesn't help me. Doesn't help the people I'm leading. Doesn't help my family. And certainly doesn't change circumstances. So I have to remind myself of who I'm actually trusting to drive. And every time I do that, I find peace. I'm like, have we ever been through anything worse? Oh, yes, we've been through much worse before. Has our country ever been through anything worse? Oh, my goodness. It's true. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, this isn't the Black Plague. I, I'm not playing it down. Our, you know, it, this is a serious situation. And, and there are people dying. Anytime people are dying, if we lose one person, if we lose 1,000, we lose 10,000, that's always sad. We're going to have value for life. We have to have a value for doing what we've been asked to do to save a life. But my point is, this isn't the Black Plague. It's, it's not killing 90% of the people that are infected. It's not polio. It's, it's not le- leprosy. It's... Yeah. Um, that, and, and that doesn't make it okay. It just makes it like this is this is not that. Yeah. This is not this is not hundreds of thousands of men dying on a battlefield to civil war. Right. This is not thousands of men being shipped home every day in Vietnam from Vietnam. Yep. So I, I'm not playing low. I'm simply saying like, have we been through other things? Oh yes, we've been through much worse things in the past, and we'll get through this. When we get through this. Actually, only one person knows, and that would be God. It's kind of like the second coming, except for it's pre the second coming. (laughs) Um, And so I want to encourage you that your strength and your peace is going to rest on who's driving. And anytime you get anxious, like I, I have this week, I want you just to go back. You've got, all of you have testimonies. You've had so many prophetic words. I'd like you to start your testimonies, like, what are the things that God has already done for you? You know, uh, Bill, how Bill teaches about the testimonies. Like if God did it, the word testimony in the Hebrew, one of the words is he'll do it again. He'll do it again. So you got to remind yourself, like God's going to do that again for me. The second thing I want you to remember is your prophecies. What does God say about your destiny? I've been revisiting some of mine, getting a little Bill-like. <laughs> revisiting some of my prophecies lately i have a prophecy about doing some things in our in reading about land and about buildings and someday soon i'll be able to tell you what that's that's about and i i know right now it looks like i'm not going to be able to do that well what's going to happen right it's going to set it back five years well that's not what god said though that's not what god told me so you know so i'm looking at those and i'm like god if this thing crashes our economy for two years, or a year, or three years, all those things you said was going to happen to me in this season are not going to be, I mean, it's financially not going to happen. You talked about us building a building, and just a month ago, you had a man, Michael, came, what was his last name? Michael the prophet. Maiden. Maiden. Michael Maiden was prophesying, this building's going to happen quicker than you think, money's going to come faster than you think, and I'm like, okay, Lord, that's what your prophet said. He probably doesn't know a thing about that, that the virus was coming, but you did. And that's what you said was going to happen. And so I began to just like, okay, so what is my testimonies? I've been here before. What did God do in my bad situations? And for me, I'm revisiting my, my daughter's, you know, near suicide, my, 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 my son's divorce, uh, many things in between there that I could tell you about that some of them are very private. I'm like, okay, he came through when I was scared to death. So scared I couldn't get off the couch. So scared I couldn't get off the couch. And I'm like, if I would have known the outcome, I would have never got on that couch. But God hid the outcome because he wanted me to know who's in charge. God's in charge. And, I, I, and I'll say that the prophet Chris, <laughs> I mean, Paul spoke in third person. I think I'll try it. Spoke a good word in 2015 that there'd be a Jesus virus that would break out from China 
It would spread across the world and there'd be no cure. I don't think that's the coronavirus. I think God sent another virus. And I think God's calling us back to relationship. So if you're afraid, stop. Be strong and courageous. And what I shared with you uh, just uh, not more than two weeks ago is very, is, I don't know, is it truer now? I don't know if it's truer, but it, it feels more important right now that we would um, be salt and light, that it's our time to shine. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, look around, deep darkness. Deep darkness is all around you, but the Lord will rise upon you. <laughs> when? Deep darkness. That word deep darkness, as I said to you a week or two ago, it's the word, it's the word, uh, it's terrible word. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, you'd think when I was, you know, when you're, I don't have a big crowd, it'd get better. But it didn't. <laughs> Hang on. Don't get your hemorrhoids all knotted up. I'm going to tell you what it means right now. Ah, here it is. The word deep darkness, it means heavy cloud of gloom. And it comes from a root word that means to drip. I'd propose media, some facts, but also dripping bad news. Just dripping bad news. And then it says, but the glory will rise upon you. That word is kebab. Not like kebabs, you know, like kebabs. <laughs> Not to be mistaken for meat on a stick. And it means glory, splendor, honor, wealth, and abundance. And rise, and the Lord will rise upon you. The word rise is to break out like the dawn. The Lord's going to break out like the dawn. <laughs> when that drip, drip, drip comes, the Lord's like, look up, because I'm going to break out like the dawn. And so, yes, we should be full of faith, which means I can look at the problem and still have hope. If I can't look at the problem and still have hope, how many know I don't have faith? I have denial. And we're not talking about the Nile, like a river in Egypt. We're talking about denial. <laughs> Shut up. So it, it's time for us to rise. What does that mean? Well, the first thing it means is that I don't do fear. I don't let fear tell me what to do. As a matter of fact, if I'm afraid, I run into it. Now, don't do something stupid. I'm always afraid to tell students like, Run into your fear, because only God knows what they could be thinking of. I'm afraid to jump off the roof, so I just did it. Then I called the paper and talked to them about the bad teaching you have. I thought I was going to fly. Oh, Lord, please. I, I was going to say, within, you know, run into the fear within reason, but that doesn't work either, because getting out listen if you drown just don't call the paper okay you get out of the boat because you felt like you were supposed to and then you drown i guess you wouldn't be calling the paper anyway be radically wise that's good whatever you're afraid of be radically wise but be like joshua in the face of this virus get up in the morning and if you're afraid i have some of those days just begin to do what I just said. Just begin to shake off your fear. Remind you who's driving. Remind yourself of the prophetic words you have over you. Remind yourself that you've been here before. If you haven't, you can borrow other people's testimony. Your grandparents have been through it. Your parents have been through it. You know, I, I grab other people's testimony all the time. I'm like, okay, my, my grandfather went through this depression. I remember as a boy, some of you haven't had this privilege, 
But I, I remember as a boy, my grandfather telling me about the Great Depression, and they didn't think it would ever end, but it, it did. It was along, but it ended. Um, the, the last thing I want to speak about, we're going to take some questions here in just a minute. Is that my whole time including questions? Yeah. Okay. Um, is uh, find opportunities to serve. Like, there are tons of people right now, first of all, that are terrified and don't have Jesus, so they don't have the Jesus virus. They only have the coronavirus yeah. or the fear of it. Find people to serve. Uh, you know, we're doing all kinds of stuff here at the church. You can come and serve. There's so many places to serve. We have just a disaster relief right now. I noticed they're just unloading food here. Uh, there, there's going to be a, a program where we're helping uh, get groceries for the elderly because uh, obviously they're the most at risk in our community. Uh, uh, not only are we uh, helping the elderly with groceries, but do you see the Malachi 4 restoring honor from young to old? And how the young generation is serving the old generation. Can you see that when you honor your mother and father, you have long life? And that really, that just that, the, need, the fact that the elderly, uh, that this disease is worse for the elderly, and that young people may get, you know, they may get sick, but the elderly often, more often die. That it is just, it's kind of, if you will, it's creating an atmosphere where I, I want to keep grandpa alive. Yeah. And that, that honoring piece right there is a part of the breaking this virus yes. off of us. And so, you know, get involved in that. You don't even have to be in an organized way. Like, you know, you got an old neighbor, you can just knock on the door, you know, and like, hey, I, I don't know if you're able to go out with this virus. I, I'm not sure. Do you need groceries? Can I, can I go shopping for you? Uh, do you not have groceries? Uh, we have, we're going to have some groceries here. Um, I just told Mike, find toilet paper. You got to find toilet paper. I don't know why everybody's scared about toilet paper. Whatever it is, it's a commodity. I, I saw a picture of a, a rapper. You know how they always wear gold chains? But, they had a, <laughs> but he had a, a roll of toilet paper on a rope around him and says, it said, now we're going for things that are really valuable. <laughs> By the way, in Africa, you, that, I'd rather have roll of toilet paper any day than a gold chain because that is actually a fact. I've been there many times, and I've figured out you bring your own toilet paper. <laughs> you know BYOB? It's BYOT. You bring your own toilet paper. Um, so I, I would say get involved. Serve. Serve somebody that is worse off than you. If you're an elderly person, you're in our school, I'll tell you uh, what, I'll tell you, if you can get on any social platform, and I know some of our elderly people are not too hot on social, social media, but if you can, like what's wonderful right now is listening to your stories, the things you've been through, the things you've seen happen on the earth. I, I'm, I haven't recalled my, some of my father, my grandfather's stories for pff, literally 50, probably 30 years, if I was being honest. And I just, I just have recently just sat down and thought, I remember my grandfather told me what it was like to live during the Depression. By the way, I don't think this is going to become a depression or anything. But I mean, there's something about knowing that someone's been here before and they've been through tough stuff. And I remember I, was a, I worked at a service station during the, during the gas crisis, which, you know, you wouldn't think gas, like, okay, you run out of gas, no big deal. But run out of gas, pretty much the world shuts down. And uh, I remember that you could only get your license plate, the first letter of your license plate, determine if it was odd day or uh even day, and and uh, you could and and then they had all the alphabet. So if you had a if you had a one like you were an odd day, you could only get gas on a certain day, like let's say Tuesday. And then if you had a 
two, you have an even day and you can get gas on Wednesday. And I worked at a gas station where, you know, people would run out of gas on the wrong day and they end up in a fist fight. And, you know, it, it created all kinds of havoc, just people running out of gas. And so, um, and, and all that crazy stuff. So um, get involved in helping someone. You know, if you're stressed, the most powerful thing you can do is find someone who's worse off than you and serve them. Make sure you do the things that are asked, asked of you by our government. Don't be a rebel. No one's trying to control you. We live in America. This isn't China. They've asked us to wash our hands often. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. We're going to be the healthiest people in the world when we get past this. Probably not even going to have the flu at all next year, any kind of flu. I'm getting, man, these are the cleanest hands. Out. Look at this. That was a little joke right there for y'all. And, uh, and find opportunities. You know, I, I quoted this. I'm going to go to the, the questions that you have right now. Fear finds a problem in every opportunity, but faith finds an opportunity in every problem. It's a chance to serve right now. I just told Kathy this morning, we, we had a project that we were doing. We canceled our project. I hope we get to pick it up next month. But if we don't, we don't. No big deal. But it was an expensive project. And I'm like, we probably need this money to help people. So the team came out, the carpenters came out, and I, I just went out and said, I'm going to put this on hold for a month. We might need this money to help other people. Yeah. When I got up this morning, I said to Kathy, we, we need to increase our benevolence. We need to help more people. And, you know, these are the kind of things that are really important. I, mean, I like to build a, a shop. I like to have nice things. Those are all things that are important. But right now, the really important thing is to love people. Yeah. Love people well. Okay, Lord, I just pray for this message. We just bless every single person listening. We pray for a deep sense of humility. I, I got to say something else. I, I saw something in my heart uh, that this virus has brought up in my relationship with God that wasn't good. And I, I, I started feeling convicted. And, and I, I, I've been working on it the last three days. So I, I want to finish my prayer, but I, I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a conviction on the world right now. Yeah. It's on us. It's on the world. It's, it's from everything from uh, bad motives to um, bad goals to uh, immorality uh, and everything in between. And so, you know, if you're feeling like a deep conviction, best thing you do before you do anything we just talked about, before you go to testimonies, before you go to prophecies, is try humility and repentance. And I, I've been asking the Lord to forgive me for an area that I didn't see till, honestly, till just a week ago. And so I want to encourage you in that. I'm going to finish my prayer now. Lord, if there's anything in me, anything in us, like David said, search me, God, and find any wicked way in me and lead me to the everlasting path. And Lord, I pray for that. If there's any area in our life that needs fixed, that needs conviction, that needs repentance, Lord, I pray that we would just we just do it quickly. We'd just be like, hey, you got this problem with the love of money. Okay, Lord, I repent. What do I need to do? Give some money away. Do something different. What do I need to do? And just I'm walking out our repentance with deeds. And I bless every one of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvelleton.com. Have an awesome day.